We talked about the Michael J. Fox being kind of the I- iconic Parkinson's representation that we've seen. How prevalent is it? Do, do we know how many patients on average this affects, you know, nationally or in the world and then also here in our community? Good question. So about one in 500 people are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in their lifetime. I do feel like in our area, we we maybe see a high, higher prevalence of patients with Parkinson's disease. Yes, I would agree. It's time for another edition of Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. You can always go to myhorizonhealth.org to get everything you need to know with these great folks. But you can, well, you found our podcast page so you can scroll through numerous topics, outstanding professionals with Horizon Health. And we have a few of them with us today. And to get our introduction and what we're going to chat about today, please welcome Aaron Frank. Aaron, how are you, girl? Good morning, Kevin. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Good to see you again. Likewise. We've got a troop of professionals in here today. A troop. I like it. Yeah. Today, uh, we're fortunate to have with us Brenda Stevens and Annie Barrett. They both are providers within our rehabilitation services department. Brenda is a speech language pathologist for us. Annie is a doctor of physical therapy. And together, their powers combined are going to tell us about uh, Big and Loud, uh, a program for Parkinson's disease. Uh, I just I immediately went to Marvel or something there. (laughs) Powers unite for a good cause right there. Well, that is awesome. Well, it's nice to meet you ladies, first of all. Thanks. And so we're going to talk Parkinson's disease. What is Parkinson's disease? Parkinson's disease is a progressive neurological disorder that generally causes declines in movement of various parts of the body. It's associated with tremors um, and just a general overall decline in the ability to move as previous. Now, to give people an idea, is this something that Michael J. Fox, does he have Parkinson's disease? Correct. I think he is the quintessential patient or person that we think of with Parkinson's disease. Well, I yes. thought I would bring him up because a lot of people that's not familiar kind of are because of him, such a high-profile actor. And uh, it's someone that's been in treatment for, for quite a few years. Right, right. Yeah, he actually has a whole foundation devoted yeah. to Parkinson's disease. So, yeah. so, you know, so people that might not be familiar with it or would like to learn more about it, that he seems to be, I don't want to say poster child because that doesn't <laughs> seem appropriate for, you know, Parkinson, but a lot of people are familiar with the struggles of Parkinson's disease through Michael J. Fox. So I thought I would mention him. Sure. So what's a prognosis with people, you know, as we learn more about this, what's the prognosis for folks? Is there different levels of Parkinson's disease or, I mean, what is a prognosis? So the, the lifespan for someone with Parkinson's disease is typical, is normal. And every person with Parkinson's disease presents differently. Yes. And it progresses differently. It can really run the gamut as far as symptoms go. Some people complain of a tremor. Mm. Some people have issues with gait and balance, falls. Uh, some, some present with swallowing issues. Some present with decreased speech volume, decreased clarity of their speech. There's just a wide range of symptoms. And then, you know, kind of in some of the later stages, then uh, you can get some Parkinson's dementia and some cognitive decline that's also related. Wow, and listening to some of these symptoms, that's gotta be tough for someone that is faced with this. They don't know what it is. They obviously go to a medical professional and they start the ball rolling on what to do, Sure. Uh, what to do next. But hearing these symptoms, that's that's gotta be a tough thing 
first off, for the patient to come to terms with. Is, does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and sure. a, a lot of these symptoms can be explained away as part of the natural aging process. Right, right. Oh, I just don't get as get around as well as right. I used to. Not as stable, a little right. uneasy. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've noticed a, a hand tremor, but it right. comes and goes. It doesn't really affect my quality of life. Yeah. Or I'm just getting that little old lady or little old man voice that, you know, my grandma had or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure there's some that's not really wanting to think that's what it is. Right. I mean, as humans, we're really quick to dismiss things that you really, in the back of your mind, know you need to go see someone about. Right. It's, not a, it's not a diagnosis you get and there's a fix and a cure. Right. So it, it is a, when you get that news that you do have Parkinson's disease, it can be really scary and overwhelming. Oh, I'm sure. Now, uh, going on from that, what are common treatment options from that point? Obviously, there are medications um, because Parkinson's affects the dopamine reception. And so there, there are medications that patients can be prescribed. But then there are also oftentimes they can undergo, you know, traditional therapeutic services like regular physical therapy or speech therapy or voice therapy, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of I would just put under the umbrella of exercise, traditional physical therapy, the the big program that I implement that we'll talk about more in a little bit. There's Tai Chi, there's boxing programs. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of a lot of these programs have seen a lot of success. Can you see these things improve? Oh, or for does, sure. It, they definitely improve and and but can it shove away it, them getting worse? It's not. It's, it's never it's probably not going to prevent the decline because okay, it is. I mean, you know, we're not necessarily changing the neurology. But we're giving the patient ways to manage and minimize the effects that the symptoms have on their life. Well, and Brenda, with that word neurology, maybe we want to back up just a little bit. You know, this is a neurological condition. And correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, but generally there is a neurologist involvement, of course. So they, they may be the one diagnosing. They'll be the one prescribing the script. They'll be very involved in the management of the disease. Yes. Yes. So what we're here to talk about today is really a niche treatment that complements whatever other care has been deemed appropriate for the Parkinson's patient. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so we talked about the Michael J. Fox being kind of the I- iconic Parkinson's representation that we've seen. How prevalent is it? Do, do we know how many patients on average this affects, you know, nationally or in the world and then also here in our community? Good question. So about one in 500 people are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in their lifetime. There's a lot of research being done as far as what causes Parkinson's disease? Is there a genetic predisposition, environmental factors, combination of both that um, are the culprits? I do feel like in our area, we we maybe see a high, higher prevalence of patients with Parkinson's disease. Yes, I would agree. And I, I don't know if that's, we're primarily an agricultural farming community. A lot of probably air quality issues as far as factory work and that sort of thing. That's very interesting for a regional uptick, Mm -hmm. I guess, Uh, you know, and there's no really quick or easy way to answer that. Right. You know, I can, I'm sure you could agree. It's, you know, trying to get the nuts and bolts of this to make it better for the patient. Right. Right. Uh, And typically, you know, you see the age of onset as like 60 and up, but um, there are obviously much younger people who can also be diagnosed. So, you know, you're looking at kind of 
of a, a wide range there, um, you know, maybe even affecting people who are still in the workplace, you know, right. still actively engaged in, in employment and that kind of thing. So it can have a big, big impact on their life. Well, it's kind of interesting. One in 500. That's 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 a pretty interesting stat. Now, we got to find out a couple of things. We're going to start out with this. What is big? Now, that's something you're going to have to explain. What is that? <laughs> so the big part of the Parkinson's program that Brenda and I do together is the physical therapy side of it. And occupational therapists can also undergo the same training. In our clinic at Horizon Health, We, um, I'm the only trained physical therapist there, so I implement the program. It is a one-hour-long session, four days a week for four weeks. So it's 16 sessions hour-long sessions. And the goal is to teach patients how to move bigger, hence yeah. the, the terminology big program. So the, the typical type of presentation with Parkinson's disease is that slow shuffled gait. Mm-hmm. And we do a very specific set of exercises at the top of every session that brings bigger movement to the patient. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to recalibrate the brain. We're trying to teach the brain what normal movement is by going bigger. And when we lose those dop- that dopamine in the brain, the problem with losing dopamine is that it reduces that fluid movement that we yeah. see. So if we can recalibrate the brain, teach, them how- teach patients how to move bigger, then the hope is we'll get a little bit of rebound from that and then it will look like normal, smoother gait. I can also see psychologically moving and and setting a goal of, you know, your movement's going to, you know, hopefully get better uh, or at least try, you know, I can see that psychologically being good for the for the patient. Just right. doing something sure. to, to right. better their environment, their, their, their life. Yeah, it gives you a sense of control yeah. over this diagnosis. You know, it's, it's just as much about mental recovery as it is physical yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, and then also if you improve the way they move, then they feel safer. They yeah. feel safer when they move around. They're more apt to go out into the community and do things. Before. Right, yeah, because they didn't sense. feel safe to do that. Okay, so we know what big is. What is loud? Okay, so loud. <laughs> Something as, I'm very familiar as, with. As, uh, <laughs> you know me. You got it. You don't need the program. I'm just, I don't need fast. Um, so loud. Loud, again, the whole idea behind these two programs is to increase the amplitude of the movement, make things bigger, make things, you know. So when you're thinking of physical movement, it's pretty obvious. You know, you're going to move your legs or arms in a bigger fashion to more look like typical, you know, walking or movement. With patients with Parkinson's, their voice often becomes extremely soft. So they personally feel like they are speaking loudly and that their spouse just needs a hearing aid because people will say, I just can't hear you. What did you say? If only we could hear her, it would be so much better. So um, with loud, what we're doing is focusing on on improving the amplitude of their voice. We're making their all those movements involved in respiration and phonation and all of that. We're making those movements bigger and more powerful so that they can then project their voice to what is a more typical 
level and kind of recalibrate the brain again into knowing, oh, this is how much effort I need to put forth in order to be heard. It's a learning thing for them. It is. And I, I, I love these programs. Now, is this something normal? I mean, are these programs elsewhere or is this something specific that you guys do? Yeah, Big and Loud is available. The programs are available nationwide. They have to be administered by a trained and certified physical therapist or like speech language pathologist. Yeah, like us. So they there there are other places that do them, but I you know, we're we're one of the only at least in the area that provide these. Well programs. and I don't want to sound like a pitch guy for Horizon <laughs> Healthcare, but but you know, having you two in here talking about this and having these programs, they're available there. And I think yes. that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. As I'm learning more about Parkinson's. I mean I'm learning as we're talking and I'm hoping the people listening to the podcast are as well. Uh, I think it's awesome that that's available. Mm-hmm. Well and from you know the the marketing or the patient education perspective. It's always interesting to me what our staff decides that they want to bring back to our community and to our organization. And, you know, this is a niche thing. You know, we're going to do this program and we're going to do it just for people with Parkinson's. So that's when we do start asking those questions about, wow, talk to me about the need that you see there. And and is is the prevalence of the diagnosis enough and and those kinds of things. And, you know, if it's something that our staff identifies that that there's um, a need out in the community, then that's cool. And we want to foster that. Well, and and something you don't see, you hear these podcasts, but you don't see the professionals talking about it. And and one thing that I noticed when both of you were talking about this program, it's something that means something to you. Mm -hmm. And with that compassion and uh, that professionalism, I can only benefit the patient. So uh, that's what I gather. So, you know, (laughs) I am loud, but but, uh, that's something that I noticed and I think is probably pretty darn important. Now, I guess the next question, um, are you seeing results from these programs? Absolutely. Yeah, tremendous results. Yes. Assume you would. Yes, right. yes. You know, family members, as far as the loud program, they will say, um, I had a patient in particular whose children live a distance away, you know, so they only can talk by phone. And so, you know, initially this patient didn't talk to his kids on the phone much because now, they couldn't understand him. And wow. now he talks to them on a regular basis and they say, oh, dad, okay. I can totally understand what you're saying now. It's so great that to talk to you. That element right there, that example yes. you gave. Yes. Just yes. Huge. Well, and and as we were talking about, you know, the movement and the and the big program making them feel safer when they go out, the loud program makes them want to engage socially with their friends and family. Now they don't sit at the end of the table at the restaurant and not contribute because nobody can hear them anymore. I mean, oh, they, are, they are they so are actively, true. you know, they're back in they're back in it. They're back involved in in the discussion and the conversation that happens around the dinner table. I love that, and, and I love the fact that we can tell people about these programs that are available now and this is just me asking is there a certain stage of parkinson's or during the diagnosis that these uh, programs should be used or i mean or is it something that they can just jump right into the earlier the better so as soon as you get the diagnosis you need to start looking into a program. So by the time you're generally diagnosed with Parkinson's disease or you start to see symptoms with it, you've already lost a significant amount of dopamine in the brain. So we can actually kind of push off the loss of dopamine. We can slow it down a little bit just by intense exercise. Okay. So the earlier we can find these patients, the better. And at first, the if you want to call it a miracle drug, the Cinemet, Carbidopa, Levodopa is also what it goes by. You can see such tremendous 
improvement mm -hmm. with wow. that medication. However, the problem with these medications is they have what they call off times. So the medication wears off and your symptoms oh. return. Your tremor right. might get worse. Well, You're shuffling be a weird more. Coaster ride. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So you would, you know. You can't just take another medication off schedule when your symptoms okay. come wow. on. That's interesting. So okay. that's kind of the pivotal part of, of a, the big and loud program is that those off times aren't, yeah, they're not as big of a deal. Right. You have support during those off times because you know what to do because you've gone through the program. I got to be honest with you. I love that. It's a, it's like a plan mm -hmm. and it's a yeah. plan that's in yeah. place. It's just too bad we can't get more dopamine in the brain that there right. was a way to do that. Right. I, I mean, I mean there's, I'm not the only one that would wish that, right. Uh, right. obviously, yeah. but but I love that these plans and these things are in place that, that can help them. Mm -hmm. um, now, can these people circle back and go through the program again? Sure. Sometimes, like Annie pointed out, the program is, it's intense. It's four days a week, an hour each of those treatment times for four weeks. So you're getting six intensive treatments. That's, that's, but, that could be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the patient then is also responsible for some pretty intensive homework that they do on at home own. on their own. And so sometimes, as with any of us, you know, we know right. we're supposed to exercise every day, but we don't always do it. So I can't do it this Wednesday. Yes, I right. I got it, plans. Right? So the patient sometimes can, can kind of come back for a tune-up, you know, if they find okay. that they're sort of, now nah, what was that Good she taught enough. me again? I need to kind of, I feel like I need to go back. Or their family notices, you know, know what you're not you know walking as well as you were your voice is softer now you than it was regression a little yeah bit, maybe, maybe we need to go in for a tune-up and okay. that's absolutely something that we can do now do they do both programs can you do both programs can you just do big and not loud or do you do big <laughs> <Sure>. and loud <laughs> you can do both we have patients that do both sometimes because it is so intense okay sometimes the on. patient prefers to let me get through this one first and, and then, then try the next yes one. or sometimes it will be that annie sees a patient for big that has and even considered loud. And then Annie comes to me and says, hey, I really think that this patient might benefit. And so I can pop in during one of their sessions and just kind of give them a little education about what it is okay. and what it involves. And then um, we can kind of steer them in that direction if we feel like they need it. And as you mentioned, you have stuff for them to do at home. So they do have homework, things that they can do on their own at home mm -hmm. to work sure. yeah. on, on this, sure. as well as these programs. And of course, advice and instruction from you guys. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's I, a full circle thing that they, they need to stick to yeah. in order to improve their life, yes. right? Yes. I would say the the homework we give you, you need to take it just as seriously as you would taking your morning medication. So you you have to you have to stick with the homework and in okay. the exercise program after discharge too. If you don't, like Brenda said, then we'll see you back for a tune up. It's usually not as intense as that first round of right. therapy, we might do something more like three times a week, two times a week, something like that, just to get you excited again right. about right. doing Remember it. Remember how well this works? Yeah. yeah. It's it's just like anything uh, yeah. in life. You've got to work hard on your own yeah. in class yeah. and, yeah. And, and whatever you're doing. And the harder you're going to work, the, you and know. The other thing I was going to just touch on when we were discussing the stages of Parkinson's and when to get involved, just because a patient may be in a later stage of Parkinson's and maybe 
have some of that cognitive decline, that does not necessarily eliminate them from being able to participate in these programs. If they have great, you know, good family support, the family can can help them with the the memory piece or remembering right. to do this or how did I do this exercise? You know, once they, you know, they can attend with them and we can train them on, you know, the exercises, the homework that they're right. supposed to do at home. So people shouldn't just automatically discount it because, oh, you know, well, my dad can't remember. He's so. too far along. Right, right. Or, right. So there's no yeah. limit of right. like, okay, no, nope, right. sorry, we, we can't. Can, and we can at least, you know, there obviously there may be some patients it might not work for, but we can definitely screen them or check them to see if you they're stimulable for this. Yeah, where they're at. for sure, uh, for so sure. So we, we don't want to discourage anybody no. uh, yeah. from talking to the professionals to right. find out where they're at and, and what can be done. Mm-hmm. Because from me personally learning, I didn't even know about these programs. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known about Parkinson's disease. And when I think about it, I think of the, the shaking, the, the declining of certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but then when I when I learn about this and know that there's help for these people and and there's ways to proactive, if that's a good way to put it, sure. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I really find it very very interesting. Now, do you still offer the support group with senior care? So one of the other things that uh, Brenda touched on. I- is the the family support um, and you know the fact that a diagnosis like this really does affect the whole family. The the rehab team that does big and loud here have worked over the years with another program we have called Senior Care, which okay. is um, a behavioral health program for older adults to offer a support group that's geared for the patient as well as their family. Of course, support groups did some weird things through COVID, but yeah. um, that that support group is still something that we offer. Uh, it's the first and third Wednesday of each month from two to three. 3 p.m. Illinois time at the senior care location. So from 2 to 3 p.m. Central time, you can call the senior care staff and look them up on the website or or, um, their phone number is 217-466-4170. And you can ask specific questions, you know, hey, that group is still in person again, correct? You know, what, who all can I bring with me? Do I bring my loved one? Can I come without my loved one? You know, I, it would the more be questions answered, yeah, the more comfortable yeah. you're going to be. Or, yeah. you know, if you're if you're feeling good about it and you're pumped, just show up. Yeah. You certainly don't have to call in advance. That's but, awesome. Um, that is another resource that kind of tags in um, to the Big and Loud program and, and the treatment of Parkinson's as well. Well, that's awesome. There's an outlet. Uh, there's yes. a phone number you can call to ask questions. Um, there are programs available, and it's at Horizon Health. Annie, uh, Brenda, I can't thank you enough for uh, stopping by here and, and talking about something very, very interesting. And I think you taught a lot of people a lot about Parkinson's and there is therapy that can be done. So uh, this has been Valley Health Check. Ladies, thank you so much, Aaron. Appreciate y'all. And we uh, encourage you to always check back here for these timely and interesting topics to learn more. And it's a good one to listen to with you and your family. It is Valley Health Check. Horizon Health. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.